0: Welcome to the STEM in the Garbles podcast. I'm Maggie. I'm Adam. And I'm Erin. Today we're at the Royal Observatory in Edinburgh to interview Beth Biller and Elie Bruce, who are researchers at the observatory, and Angus Gailey, an engineer. But before we begin, we're with our host Fiona Ross. Hello Fiona, thank you for inviting us and giving us this fantastic opportunity to talk to your colleagues. Can you tell us a bit about the observatory and what it's used for?
1: So the observatory is a very old building, the one we're sat in at the moment. It's about 120 years old, this part of the building. Mm -hmm. Um, So when it was built, it was for observing. So it was for using telescopes uh, to look at the night sky um, and investigate space and stars and objects that they could see. But now things have changed quite a lot. Um, So Mm -hmm. there's lots of other buildings on the site. There's lots more people that work here. Um, And there are a lot of engineers working with the scientists called astronomers Mm -hmm. um, to build uh, experiments for telescopes um, and that's in other countries um and also for sending into space as well. so it's even though it's quite a small place on top of a hill, there's a lot going on.
0: yeah And <laughs> <laughs> um, can you tell us a bit about your role?
1: So my role at the observatory is that I am well, my job title is public engagement officer. But basically what I do is I organise the events for people here. So for the public, for anyone like yourselves, anyone that wants to come and visit us and find out more about science and space and what we do here. Um, So I organise events all throughout the year. Um, We have stargazing evenings where people can come and use our small telescopes um, and meet some people that work here. Um, We have talks where people tell them more information about what they're working on at the moment, like engineers and the technology. And we also have a big open day event. Um, as well as doing that, we also go out to people as well. So mm-hmm. we've got a little white van, which you might have seen when you walked up the hill. Did you notice it? Um,
0: I think it did, no, just yeah. The way.
1: It's quite handy because we can pack up that van, I drive out to wherever we want to go, mm-hmm. say a library, a community centre, a school. Um, and we've even got an inflatable planetarium. So it's a bit like a bouncy castle that you can go inside, um, but look at space. So we take that with us quite a lot of the time.
0: <laughs> well, that seems really cool. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's quite cool. <laughs> um, do you enjoy your job? Yeah, I do. I really do. Um, I was thinking back at this week um, earlier today of what I've done, and I do lots of different things every day. Um, So just this week, we took out the planetarium to a Mm -hmm. school um, on Monday, and then I've also been to visit some people at a local care home with an electrical engineer to talk about his job. Um, And here we are today doing a podcast, which is very exciting. (laughs) So yeah, I do really like my job.
0: So what's the highlight of your day?
1: Well, this is a difficult thing. It, well, the first highlight of my day is mm. when I walk up the hill. Well, I'm used to it now <laughs> <laughs> um, and see the beautiful view. But I think the highlight of my job is um, seeing the scientists and engineers talk to people like yourselves. And hopefully that you'll feel inspired by the visit today and maybe want to find out more about science afterwards. So that's a highlight for me, seeing that happen.
0: Perfect. Thank you. So shall we start some podcasting? Who are we
1: meeting first today? First, we'll be meeting Beth Biller, who is one of the researchers in the Institute for Astronomy.
0: Hi, Beth. My name's Erin, and I'm 11. Thank you for taking the time to do this podcast with me today. I'm really excited to be here because I love space. Please, can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what your role at the observatory is?
2: Hi, Aaron. Well, it's lovely to meet you, and thank you for having me on your podcast. I am a reader at the University of Edinburgh, part of the School of Physics and Astronomy, but the astronomy part is up here at the Royal Observatory. Uh, so I do a mix of a whole variety of different things. I teach undergraduates. I also do a lot of research, uh, and sometimes some public outreach as well.
0: Do you enjoy your job? How did you become
2: an astronomer? I really love my job. So my, my favorite thing in the world is exoplanets and so it's a real privilege to be able to study exoplanets all the time and learn everything you can know about them. Uh, How I became an astronomer, well that's, that's a bit of a longer story So when I was in high school, that was when the very first planets were detected around other stars. So as you've probably seen in the news, uh, that recently won the Nobel Prize in Physics. Yeah. Uh, And I was really impressed by that. I was really excited that one the exoplanets existed. And that was kind of a very important moment for me where I realized, okay, I really want to do this. So I went to university and I did astrophysics. So the thing about people who work at universities, especially as academic staff, we're incredibly overeducated. So I did my undergraduate degree, and then I went on and did a master's and a PhD at the University of Arizona. And then I went on and did about six or seven years of postdoctoral positions. So I lived in Hawaii for three years, and then I lived in Germany for three years, and then I moved here. Um, And I hope to stay here as long as I can.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. From your webpage, I saw that you worked on brown dwarfs and extrasolar planets. My Auntie Margaret, who loves astronomy, told me Pluto is a dwarf, but I didn't know planets could be a colour. Can you tell me what a dwarf planet actually is and why it's a colour?
2: Alright, so the word dwarf and how it's used in astronomy is used to describe a whole variety of different things that are not actually that related. So there are brown dwarfs, which are objects that are intermediate in mass between planets and stars. There are some kinds of stars that are called dwarfs, so a very small red star is known as a red dwarf. Uh, in contrast, Pluto is a dwarf planet. Uh, what that means is uh, it's a bit smaller than the other planets in our solar system. So they formed in a disk around our sun. the rest of them were able to clear all the material away in their part of the disk and basically use it to make themselves bigger. Pluto wasn't able to do that. And that's why it gets classified as a dwarf planet. It was too small.
0: Yeah, that's cool. What was your experience on BBC Sky at night? Like, did you have fun? It was really fun.
2: Uh, Chris Lintod is very fun to to talk with. Uh, The one thing that's really interesting, television, you see the finished product and it looks fairly natural. And the experience of filming it... Not natural at all. (laughs) So you see, we did many, many takes, so I had to repeat the same thing over and over again. And there were just a few moments that were very different than what you do in real life. So there was a part where I was looking at a video of planets and writing notes. And we filmed that for quite a while. There was like, just write something on this piece of paper. It doesn't matter what it was. It was a little weird.
0: (laughs) So I watched your program and I have a bunch of questions. How did you find that that planets are outside our solar system?
2: All right. So this is the difference between a planet and an extrasolar planet, yeah? So the way you detect planets in our own solar system is very different from how you would detect extrasolar planets. The ones that we can't see with our eyes that you need a telescope for, the way they were detected is because they actually were perturbing the orbits of other planets. The other planets were not quite where they expected them to be because they were being tugged by another unseen planet. In contrast, the way we find planets around other stars, often we look at how they're affecting their star. So if you have a planet orbiting a star, uh, the planet is orbiting it, it's being tugged by the star, but this planet is also tugging on the star. So that causes the star to wobble just a little bit, and that's something you can detect. Another way we can detect planets, if you happen to have the right alignment where you have the, the star... The planet, and then we're looking at just the right angle, when the planet passes in front of the star, it can dim it just a tiny bit, and we can see those very slight dips, and that's another way. That sounds so confusing. There's oh, That's <laughs> only two. There's five different ways. Wow. <laughs> another way is we can actually take pictures of planets around stars. So that's really challenging, because obviously stars are really bright, and planets are really faint. Uh, but with a lot of technology and a lot of computer processing, we can do that now.
0: Do you believe in aliens?
2: Yeah, I think there are probably aliens.
0: Do you think there is life on other planets? Indeed, yeah. Um,
2: whether the, the tricky thing is finding it, right? So I think there are aliens out there. There are 250 billion stars just in our own galaxy, right? And there are so many galaxies, right? So there's got to be life out there. But the problem is the distances are so immense. So it takes light from... Our system four years to get from the solar system to the next closest star, which is Proxima Centauri, and that's the closest star. And then all the rest of the stars are more like it's more like ten years or twenty years or a hundred years. So that's what makes it so difficult is that the time scales are so big compared to human lifetimes.
0: Why do you think they're called aliens? Is that because they don't live on Earth? Would we be aliens to them?
2: Yep, exactly. <laughs>
0: My auntie also said that the sun is more than 2000 degrees. I remember reading that Pluto is cold, so that makes me think that planets have different temperatures. Is that true? And if so, what causes a temperature difference? Yes.
2: So most planets in our solar system, what the temperature they're going to have depends on where they are in the solar system, right? So we rely on the sun to heat the earth. If the sun wasn't there, the earth would be a lot colder. And then the further out you get, the less light each planet further out gets from the sun and the colder it gets. Now Pluto is extremely far out, so it's getting very little sunlight at all, and hence it's really cold.
0: In school we are learning about climate change. Can these other planets be affected by climate change too?
2: Yes. So what we're dealing with with our own planet is climate change caused by people. But So I mentioned, you know, a planet, depending on where its distance is from the star, will be a certain temperature. But if you do that calculation, if you take how much sunlight you expect the Earth to receive at the distance it is from the sun, uh, you'll get a number that's colder than the actual temperature of the Earth. The Earth is maybe about 20 degrees Celsius, warmer than you'd expect. And the reason for that is the greenhouse effect. So essentially, the gases in our atmosphere traps in heat and lets it be warmer. Uh, And right now, it works well for us. It's the right temperature. Uh, But for instance, Venus, closer in, very similar planet in some ways, but just enough closer in, just enough more greenhouse gas in this atmosphere that you had a runaway greenhouse effect, and it became a very unpleasant place.
0: In school, I like people from other places, like Saida, coming in and talking about what they do. It makes school more fun for me. Do you think it's important for others to know about your work? If so, why? So that's,
2: I think, maybe two questions. First is, like, people coming from different places. So I'm not from Scotland originally. Mm-hmm. I'm from the U.S. And I really value being here. And I really value basically having lived in other places in the world other than where I grew up. What I would like people to know about my work is that... Planets around other stars, what we have found in the last 25 years is that they're really common. So I think pretty much any star in the sky probably has a planet around it, and that's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting and exciting. Thank you for answering (laughs) all my questions. I hope I get to meet you again. Thank you for having me on. It was really lovely talking to you. Thanks.